The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Sunday, May 26th, the greatest spectacle in racing returns. The Indianapolis 500 on NBC and Peacock. 33 of the world's fastest drivers go head-to-head for a chance to kiss the bricks, taste the milk, and claim their place in racing history. Experience the drama, the pageantry, the tradition. Live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indy 500. Sunday, May 26th on NBC and Peacock. Or listen on Sirius XM NBC Sports Channel. With the first jewel claim. Oh, it's a photo of the Derby! Mystic Dab! The race for the Triple Crown erupts into an epic party. The Preakness Stakes, May 18th on NBC and Peacock. Uh, question back here. Uh, Cole McCoy. Uh, this seems like a great press conference. You guys really seem like you're on the same page. Um, got matching suits. It's awesome. Uh, question for Kyler, though. You gonna uh, quarterbacks just want to know if you're gonna be at walkthrough tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. That was from Friday, Kyler Murray press conference. Colt McCoy, backup quarterback. Hook'em horns. Easy to forget where Colt McCoy is. Yeah. Amazing Colt McCoy still in the NFL. And I'm not knocking the hustle. It's a great gig if you can hang around as a backup and hang around as a backup. You have to check your ego at the door. You're not going to play. Although he got to play He's some played, last year. You know? He played some last year and he yeah. did okay. Yeah. Two and one last year as a starter while Kyler Murray was injured. But still... It's easy to forget where you are, yeah, who you I get play that. for, what you've done. Right. You're not the guy. Your whole life you were the guy, and now you get to a level of the sport where you're not the guy. And for a while it looked like he had a chance to be the guy in Cleveland, yeah. but that didn't work out, and he's bounced around the NFL. But more than a decade later, I mean, I'm trying to compliment him in a very clumsy, awkward, and backhanded way. You are. Way. You're giving him a good compliment. He's still right. in the NFL. Yeah. He's still doing the thing that he loves. He's still found a niche for himself. Not that impromptu reporter at the Kyler Murray press conference counts, but it's a reminder the Colt McCoy, Hook'em Horns, still going strong well over a decade after he left Texas. No doubt. One of the better backups in football. I mean, really, a guy you can trust. You know, that's he was perfect there last year. You know, Pete said it in both of our years, two and one last year. You know, and the two wins, what it was, uh, San Francisco and Seattle, right? Am I right about that? And the Carolina loss sandwiched in between there. So, uh, yeah, you, you can trust him. You know, I think that's the big thing, and you're right. I mean, close to almost, you know, maybe becoming a starter in Cleveland and really in Washington had some opportunities to really kind of plant a flag there but kind of got hurt every time he kind of got – you know, the keys to the car to go, hey, let's see. Maybe you could be the guy here going forward. And then an injury would happen. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's hung in there and done a real good job. He's a professional, and he's in a good spot hanging with Kyler Murray now. Pop quiz. What's he making this year to back up Kyler Murray? Oh, that's a good question. So, gosh, he's, he's, he's at the maximum of min, player minimum. I, I got to think he's making a little over a million dollars, whatever that is, for like an eight-year-plus veteran, like one – one two, does that make sense right there? One two five. There you go. Salary. Right. So on the price is right, that's a winner. One three would have put you over and then <laughs> dun, 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 dun. but one point two, you win. One point two five is the salary. Also, he got a two and a half million dollar signing bonus on a two year contract before this season. So technically it's two and a half this year because he already has the proration of 1.25 so two and a half when you factor in the signing bonus 1.25 base salary right and look where else is a guy in his early to mid 30s gonna make two and a half million where else is it gonna happen when when your primary marketable skill is playing football 
where else is it going to happen? Sure. So yeah. you keep making it as long as you can. No doubt. Keep going as far as long as you can. Why not? What else the hell are you going to do? And then being a backup, you know, and even playing football. I know we've had this talk before. Play football. It is exhausting. It's it's demanding physically. It's demand, demanding mentally. But you know, it's the one thing. You know, you get get out there in the real world. It, it's not the same. I, I think sometimes players think, "Whoa, I want to get. I want to retire so I can." you know, take a break. And I went, okay, well, you better have a lot of money saved up because if you don't, you're, you're, you're not understanding that really what we had in football was a pretty damn good deal. I mean, really, the offseason's amazing. You know, even the in-season work schedule, yes, physically, pressure, all of that. But, you know, you're going home at a good hour every day. You're getting to sleep at a pretty good, you know, time every night. Yeah, you can't beat that. There's nothing that beats that. you got to ride that train as long as you can. This job can be very demanding mentally as well to the extent that we need to remember certain things like identifying the program and saying good morning. It's Pro Football Talk Live, Peacock, Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports, the folks in the UK and Ireland, very happy. I was getting emails, one hour till you're back on, half hour till you're back on, 10 minutes till you're back on because it's 2 o'clock Eastern time that the show finally makes it onto air on Sky Sports NFL. So they're very happy. We hope you're happy. We're happy to be back. And we're happy to remind you there's a new NFL on NBC YouTube page. Whoa. And we have music. And we have graphics. And we have stuff. All of the NFL-related NBC content is there. You don't have to watch the things you're not interested in. It's okay if you are interested. They're still there at the NBC Sports YouTube page. Right. But if you only want football, subscribe to the NFL on NBC YouTube page. We're doing our job to spread the word. Yeah. I, hey, listen, I love it. Now you can find all your football in one spot. No, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. yeah. You don't want to watch all the other sports and be, you know, you know, confused with all that. Just get what you want. Come to the NBC Sports YouTube page. Come on. No disrespect to anybody else at NBC Sports. It's just, you know, we like football here. You made the comment earlier about how physically and mentally demanding football is. Mentally demanding is going to be the theme, at least for much of the balance of this segment, because the Cardinals are demanding that Kyle Murray be more mentally engaged in his job. This was a stunner to me, and let me set this up. I minded my own business yesterday afternoon, and some people were surprised that this came out yesterday. Here's the timeline. Thursday of last week, the news breaks that Kyler Murray has a new contract. And that's when the numbers start to come out. And look, I'm not speaking out of school here if I explain that the numbers come from the agent. They always come from the agent. And there's a certain amount of blurring of the lines that gets done, specifically as it relates to guaranteed money. Nobody ever says in the initial wave of reports how much is fully guaranteed at signing. They use the larger number of total guarantee for injury or future guarantees that vest as fully guaranteed. It's always the bigger number. And that's the fingerprints of the agent. Because if you aren't willing to play that game, you know what happens? You don't get the information. Somebody else does. So... Those numbers come out Thursday. We get the basic information about the Murray contract. Friday, they do the press conference. Well, Michael Bidwell wasn't at the press conference. Michael Bidwell, the owner of the team, and some people take me, what was Bidwell not on board with this? No, he was out of the country. Not dodging a subpoena. He was just out of, legitimately out of the country. Not that we're saying <laughs> that anyone's dodging a subpoena. So Monday, Monday they actually signed the contract because Bidwell's back. On Monday, he signs as the presumably, you know, when you're talking about this kind of a investment, $230.5 million in new money over a five-year extension. So they sign it. They take the pictures. Then the contract gets sent to other places. And then when other people get their eyes right. on the contract, they inspect it and they notice something interesting. Yeah. And... Other people who have no incentive to help out the Cardinals or Kyler Murray start sending that information to folks in the business who may be inclined to stir up a little poop on the situation. So I get the text and the message was, you will love this. And attached to it was the clause from the Kyler Murray contract that puts him in default 
if he doesn't put in at least four hours of homework, they call it independent study, every week from the Monday after training camp ends until their final game of the season, postseason included, he is mandated to put in at least four hours of undistracted, no TV, no video games, no nothing else other than focusing on your iPad, as they say it in the contract, to the chagrin of the folks at Microsoft. You have to put in the work on your iPad, according to the contract, for at least four hours, or you're in default, meaning your future guarantees fly away if they can prove that you have failed to put in your four hours a week. And they'll undoubtedly monitor the activity on his iPad to see whether it's just sitting there for four hours or whether he's actually engaged in it. Is it only the iPad? Like, is it like if he's just like sitting in a room privately at the facility watching film there, does that count? Or are they saying like he's got to be out of the facility there, Mike? Like, explain that part to me. The only thing that doesn't count is mandatory meetings. Here's the language. Okay, so there it is. Just, that's what it is. The right. provision. Yeah. That's part of it. That's part of it. Right. Th- this is the. This is the no video games while you do your homework yeah. clause, as PFT commenter pointed out yesterday. The full language is, and I've got it here, the full language, independent study includes material provided to him by the club in order to prepare for the club's next upcoming game, including without limitation any material provided via an iPad or other electronic device. So my guess is he does his study on his iPad. And right. look, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here. And and let's just begin. And and I unlike other prominent NFL insiders who are constantly striving to give everyone the news 5 minutes before it's announced, I have a decent relationship with the in Rappaport of NFL Media. And I did have to give him the business privately yesterday because he bent over backwards to try to spin this as like no big deal. Chris This doesn't just accidentally fall into a contract when no one's ever had this. This is unprecedented as far as anyone has ascertained. This is something that is there for a reason. This is there, and this is where we apply basic common sense to a situation. This is there because the Cardinals have concerns about the extent to which Kyler Murray has actually worked with his iPad in the past. You mentioned watching film. I can only surmise that in the past... Anytime anybody said to him, hey, were you hanging around and watch some film for a few? I got, I got my iPad. I'll take care of it at home. And then they believe apparently that he hasn't. They either believe that he hasn't in the past or they fear that him getting this money is going to cause him to not do it in the future. I think the truth is they believe he hasn't in the past. I, I That's why too. this clause is in there. I, I think so. That's why. I mean, it is unprecedented. Unprecedented. We, we haven't heard this. You don't hear this usually with star starting quarterback caliber type guys. Alpha quarterbacks are usually type A, meticulous with all those type of things. They're usually the guy that's like, hey, like quarterback, leave. Get out of here. Get out of the building. It's enough. You've done enough work. You know, you've been in the gym long enough, whatever. That's that guy usually that, as far as a quarterback. So that's where it's surprising. I mean, yeah, you don't ever hear about this. You certainly never heard about this with any of the all-time great quarterbacks, you know, from, from that standpoint, whether it's Manning, Brady, Rodgers, whoever you want to talk about. You know, they're obsessed with the game that way. So that's where it's like it catches you by, you know, off guard a little bit. But – I will say, and again, I'm a Kyler Murray fan, and I know you are too, but you talk to enough people around the league and stuff. Again, we we referenced this a little yesterday. I do think that, you know, the immature, the pointing fingers, maybe doing the little things to be, you know, that guy, the ultimate franchise quarterback, I don't know if he's checked all the boxes there. And then when you hear a story like this and you text a few people around the league, you know, it doesn't seem like people are shocked. They're not shocked. So I think that you know. So I think to to your point, you're right. This is not something about the future. This is something they've already seen that they want corrected into the future because they're giving them all this money and they're going, "Hey, we like everything you've done here, but there's a level of sacrifice we think you need to up your game on a little bit on that on that side." And I think that's where we just usually don't hear that from the star player, especially the quarterback, and it kind of you know opens your eyes and makes your jaw drop a little bit. But Chris, that's a conversation that you have with the guy away from the terms of the contract. And if you trust him, 
And you presumably do, or you wouldn't be giving him $103 million fully guaranteed at signing with another $57 million guaranteed on top of it, total package of 230.5 on top of what he was already due to make the next two years. You don't do that if you don't trust him. The fact that they have to put it in writing... The fact that they basically have to rub his nose in it, the fact that they have to tell him you'll be in default if Uh you don't do it, and it goes into the contract is alarming to me. And it is a horrible look by the Cardinals because on one hand, they're making their guy look bad. Yeah, They make their franchise quarterback look lazy and uncaring about his profession by putting this in the contract, and they make themselves look dumb for trusting him with all this money when they have to put something like this in writing. Look, the agent for Kyler Murray represents the head coach. If any team doesn't need to put a study hall clause in writing, it should be the Cardinals because agent, coach, and quarterback get on the phone together and they say, look, here's what we got to do here. And you know what? Mike Bidwell and or Steve Kime wanted to put this thing in writing, but this isn't good for anybody to put this in writing. Well, no. And I I think Eric Burkhart, and look, this is the kind of comment that doesn't get you to the front of the line to get the information when a contract gets signed, but this is why others won't be saying this. Eric Burkhart talks fast, moves fast, and should have slowed his ass down and asked himself, is this really going to be good for Cliff or Kyler, or anyone, if we have to put this in here. and there, Is there another way I can get this message to Kyler Murray that he's got to step it up without having to put this clause in writing that makes everybody look like idiots? Yeah, I, Mike, I hear you. I, I mean, I will say that. That's one of the first things you just think of is, uh, you know, wait, you, you knew this was going to get out. Right, you you got to think at some point. Yes, this is going to get out because, like you said, if too, if you don't think this is getting out, you have no self awareness. That's what I mean. Too many eyes are going to see it. Exactly. So you know, but all right. So to that point, you know, I, I think you're kind of saying it. I I think that it was put in writing because hey, I mean, again, these are questions that hopefully we, we can hear from Arizona over the next few weeks. But it's in writing because it's a real concern. It's real. It's so real that they were like, you know what? Let's put this in there and, you know, just get him to be a little bit more dedicated and throw that, a little bit more money his way that way to encourage him to be that guy. And to add to what you're saying, I would think that in that conversation, you know, Burkhart, I would think Cliff Kingsbury and him have had conversations about this. I would think he's very aware of this and. This has been talked about, you know, extensively to where there's a real issue here. I I don't think this was something like, hey, let's just put this in there just so we feel good about it. I I would think that this is in there because there's a real issue, because this is what happens with guys sometimes like Kyler Murray. And it's not I'm not trying to, like, make him look bad here, but hey, he's he's so naturally, naturally, physically gifted, right, that any field he's ever stepped on, he's never had to really like worry about, you know, oh, wait, oh, when the safety moves this way and the nickel slot moves this way, oh, no, that usually means this coverage is coming and this blitz is coming. He doesn't even need to be on those maybe finite details that maybe a Tom Brady needs to do because he goes, damn, I, if I don't really kind of feel that coming, I can't get out of the way fast enough. So I got to know that's coming. So his physical ability, I think, has given him the luxury of not having to worry about those type of things. And then, Mike, you double down with it's a system that he's been running for the last eight years or nine years. So he's very comfortable and thinks he knows all the answers. And I think that's where you get this perfect storm of a guy that's like, wait, I was a rookie and I walked in the building and I was telling everybody how to do the offense. You know, I'm the pro here. I'm the expert. And I think that's where it kind of comes together there. And that's where we're in this little situation, at least in my opinion, looking from 10,000 feet above here. Chris, there was a comment that he made last year in a New York Times profile that highlights the concern that the Cardinals would have had that maybe he doesn't spend enough time in his iPad or watching film. 
I think I was blessed with the cognitive skills to just go out there and just see it before it happens. I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill myself watching film. I don't sit there for 24 hours and break down this team and that team and watch every game because in my head I see so much. So this is even a step farther than what you're saying. This is beyond the Mike Vick throwing his DVDs in the backseat of his car and never watching them as he admitted to his former Falcons coach Jim Mora after his time with the Falcons had ended. This is... I don't need to do it, not because I'm so physically gifted I can just run past everyone. He's saying I have the cognitive skills to see it before it happens. That is a level of intellectual arrogance. It is a little. It becomes sure. troubling. Yeah. Like, I don't need to study for my test. I'll go ace it anyway. And the Cardinals have concluded, undoubtedly, or the clause wouldn't be in there, hey, Kyler, you're not getting A's on these tests. Sometimes your physical skills bail you out. But if you just put in a little more time, think of how much better you would be. And this is why the whole thing is confounding to me. This is a conversation that should be aspirational, not thou shalt sit for four hours with your iPad or lose all your guaranteed money. Not that they're ever going to do that. But the idea that it has to be in writing is not the way to do it. And if you feel compelled to put it in writing, you got to ask yourself, do we have the right guy? And I'm sorry. And again, I say this as a card-carrying member of the Kyler Murray fan club. But this is so alarming to me. And maybe this is just the Cardinals being the Cardinals. And a team that has been as dysfunctional as any in football for decades and periodically stumbles into something, right? Maybe they just screwed this up. Because I really think at the end of the day, whether it's the agent, whether it's the team, this clause should not exist because it makes everyone look bad. And it's going to fuel sports talk, TV shows, blogs in a way that's going to paint the Cardinals and Kyler Murray in a negative light. And they're never going to live this down. They're never going to live this thing down. I know. I I mean, I I hear you there. It's going to be a big story. There's no doubt. I I mean, again, I, I guess it's just, though, to the point of, uh, you know, you, you would like to think that the conversation and, hey, we need you to do this and we'd like you to be a little more engaged in film and, and doing homework that way. Yeah, you would like to think that would get it done. But, I, I mean, I think this is like pretty obvious in your face to say it doesn't. It didn't get it done. I mean, again, I'm, I'm you know, connecting dots here a little bit to a degree, but would think that those conversations we're talking about have happened to a degree for it to now be in the contract and where it is. I wouldn't think this was like, it's never been discussed before. And all of a sudden we got a week away from getting $230 million. And they're like, you know what? We're going to put this other clause in real quick. I know we haven't talked about it. I I mean, this has got to be a subject. It's got to be a hot button subject there. And, you know, to your point with the tests and all that and all that. Yes. You know, again, I think this speaks a little bit maybe to, and again, you're, I know you're a huge Kyler Murray fan. We bet Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and I got Kyler Murray's jersey at home because we did that. We are fans of him. But I think when you hear about the immature stuff out there, that this might be one of those that's filed under that as well. You know, yeah, okay, you have the cognitive, cognitive skills to see things before they happen and all that. Well, okay. Uh, you know, sure, maybe against some of the, the you know, middle class, lower class, not very good football teams, I, I you know, but is that, is where are you at cognitively enough to be Peyton Manning or Tom Brady and win against the really good teams in the playoffs? Because you, it didn't seem like you were a step ahead in the Rams game. It didn't seem like you were a step ahead in, I don't know, the last five to six weeks of the year, there was plenty of games and plays where I can look at and go, whoa, a guy came off the edge, blitzed, and nobody picked him up, and he didn't know he was hot or anything. So that's where I think maybe he is misunderstood in what his level of preparation needs to be to be the guy that he, I think, ultimately wants to be, which is one of the best quarterbacks in football. And look. Nothing like this was directly said in the Chris Mortensen report from Super Bowl Sunday. The quote from Mortensen was that Murray is described by sources as self-centered, immature, and finger-pointing. Now, the immaturity may factor in to this idea that he just isn't putting in the time. And really, what franchise quarterback doesn't put in the time? That's one of the hallmarks 
of the gig. That leadership, that accountability that flows from the fact that the franchise quarterback is busting his ass. He's there early. He's there late. No As doubt. you said, they got to tell him to go home. Right. We're closing up shop for the day. The Drew Brees mindset, the Russell Wilson mindset, the Peyton Manning mindset, the Tom Brady mindset, all in all the time. I, I, we, it's just a given if you're going to be a franchise quarterback. The fact that you would have to – could you imagine – I saw people point this out on Twitter yesterday. Could you imagine Peyton Manning's reaction to this? Could you imagine Peyton Manning having a clause like this well, yeah, that, in his contract? Yeah, yeah, I know. No, absolutely not. You know, Peyton was one of those guys that was always giving, giving me more information. Give me more information. Give me more information. And now I'm going to go sit in the, you know, in the laboratory here and watch film and realize as I watch film, oh, man, every time that guy – you know, his right leg is in front of his left leg. He's blitzing off the edge. And those are the little details. And that's why Peyton Manning, yes, has the great physical talent. But then when you have that mental ability, it takes you to a level that, you know, unlocks you and makes you unstoppable. And I think that's what we see from the great quarterbacks that have that. You know, Kyler's been able to get away with that. Kyler's also, like, to, to your point and what we're talking about here, Mike, you know, hey, it's that Oklahoma-Texas A&M Cliff Kingsbury system. And when he came in there, since he was the, you know, all-knowing guy of the offense, too, you know, it's a little different in the fact that he didn't have that veteran guy. I had Brad Johnson when I got to Tampa Bay. And Brad had, of course, won a Super Bowl and been there. But my point is... You know, I wasn't the expert, and then there was a guy that had played and done all that, and I got to follow his lead on how he worked and prepared. And I went, damn, okay, there's another level here that I got to kind of push myself to. Uh, I, I wasn't ready for this. And I don't know if Kyler Murray's had that guy in front of him to kind of show him, you know, those little things about, hey, you know, maybe the team meeting's at 7.30 in the morning, but maybe you should get there at 6.30, 6.15 and watch film an hour before the team meeting. And then, yeah, you're going to be there after the day's over. You know, those are the things that, like, you know, Jim Miller, Brad Johnson, the Jason Garretts, the Brian Greasies of the world that I was around, they helped me, and that helped me become a better pro and a more of a professional, and I was on top of my game mentally more because of it. There's a key fact in all of that, though. You were willing to listen and watch and learn. There's a chance Mm -hmm. that Kyler Murray's attitude is, that's not the way I do it. Bucky Brooks of NFL Network made an observation that I I think merits discussion. He said on Twitter overnight, it's certainly not the greatest look for a franchise quarterback to need a mandatory study hall, but it is hard for a quarterback who is a three-time high school state champion, 42-0, Heisman Trophy winner, 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year, and a two-time Pro Bowler to see his process is wrong when it has always yes, worked. See, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's the attitude. Look, I'm fine. I, I'm, I'm passing all my tests without studying. What they're trying to get him to do now is get 100 on his tests. While studying. Right. This is and, – and I'm fine with all of that. If you have to put it in his contract, though, that's the problem. There has to be a way to address this without reducing it to writing. And somebody in this process, whether it was Eric Burkhart, the agent, Michael Bidwell, the owner, Steve Kime, the GM, Cliff Kingsbury, the coach, or even Kyler Murray himself, if he's got the cognitive abilities to know what's going to happen on a football field – then even at a young age, he should have the cognitive abilities to understand that once this gets out there, it's going to make him look bad. Somebody should have said, we got to get to the point where we want to be without putting this in writing. And the fact that it's in writing and it's a default on his contract if he doesn't do it, it just underscores how important it was to the Cardinals. Uh, exactly. Which, I, I think why, right. why did you sign him then? Why didn't you say to Kyler Murray, we know you want a contract, but you got some stuff you got to do before you deserve to be paid like a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Here's one of the things you need to do. You do that this year, and you go out and have a big year this year, then we'll talk. The problem is, I think, they didn't want to take the chance that he was going to do it and then put them even farther into a corner where they'd have to pay him even more. They yeah. wanted to get him at 46-1 and nudge him to the kind of performance this year that would have cost them over $50 million a year if they had waited a year and told him, you better shape up before you get your big deal. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt that. I think they were probably a little you know, worried about playing with fire. And like we talked about yesterday, hey, he's one of those guys. You got one there. They didn't want to disgruntle him. You know, added to what you're saying, Mike, too. You know, hey, 
hey, you know, they're looking at it like, yeah, we're relevant. We're in the playoffs. You know, we built an offense around the guy. All right, so he's the number one pick of the draft. I think all of that helps you invest. The hard part as far as, you know, what you need to be a, gr- a really good quarterback, he's got that. Like, let's not get that messed up. We know his talent is real. You know, the fixing, the studying and all that, hey, it's concerning. But still, if you gave me all the problems a quarterback could have, I'd take that problem over, whoa, he's slow or, man, he doesn't love football or he doesn't, you know, have a very good arm or any of that. So that's where we're good with Kyler Murray. But I think, Mike, to, again, to nail it down, like, I, like you're, you're right. It's, it's really kind of like the more we talk about it, you go, obviously there was a big issue. Obviously. Because the thing I go back to, too, is four hours? Like four hours is like, I, I don't know, four hours of film watching for an NFL quarterback during a game week? It's 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 arbitrary. It's it's kindergarten. I mean, I, I would think it's easy to do. I mean, four hours. I I was probably getting four hours on a Tuesday. I mean, done four hours right there. Boom. Like, oh wait, all right. Hey, Monday. I mean, I'm probably getting two hours on Monday, let alone a bunch of hours on Tuesday, and then the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday process. So that's where it also is like eye popping that we're just. Four hours? Like, damn, it must have been really low if we're just asking for four hours. Because I can promise you the Rodgers, the Peyton Mannings, those type of guys, to what you're saying, Mike, not only are doing it there, but then might be getting home and, you know, hey, I'm going to eat some dinner and kick my feet up and I got a beer and, hey, you know, I'm going to watch the third down package while I'm sitting here doing this for a little bit and watch that. And then they do that. So then there's another hour of film while they're just sitting there, you know, hanging out. And that's where, to me, I think it hits you in the face the more we talk about that this obviously was a real, real problem. Pete raised the question while you were saying that as to whether or not Kyler Murray truly loves football if he's not all in with all this other stuff. Yeah, I hear you. There have been guys over the years who love football but hate the grind. Yeah, sure. Some guys love football and hate the grind. Brett Favre loved playing football, hated everything else. No doubt. Hated it. Right. Hated everything else about it. Right. Unlike Peyton Manning, who loves everything about it. Brett Favre just wanted to show up and play and screw everything else. I remember there was a time when the Steelers, after they nudged Ben Roethlisberger's good friend Bruce Arians out and brought in Todd Haley and it was oil and water, there were leaks about Roethlisberger not studying enough. Yeah. Not working enough. Right. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, you can be a great player who loves the sport and needs the adrenaline rush of a game. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. This came up not that long ago. I think on PFTOT in response to a question. The motivation that players get from having a low Madden rating. Like, does it really matter? Well, here's how it matters. If anything, whether it's a low Madden rating or something somebody says about you in the media or whatever, if it inspires you to do all the little things when no one is paying attention that are very easy to gloss over, like studying your iPad, like being properly dehydrated so you don't get cramps during the game, like watching your diet, getting in your exercise, getting in your sleep, all the little crap that is part of the grind, not just the football grind, the life grind, the TB12 life grind that you have to sign up for. If you are motivated to do that, and you know what? If the Cardinals were smart, what they would do is make a sizzle reel of all the crap we're saying today and anybody else and play it for Kyler Murray. That should motivate him more than the words on paper in his contract. Well, yeah, maybe this is, you know, hey, the contract's nice, but maybe this is what really, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is what Arizona wanted. Maybe they wanted this. this Is this the equivalent of drafting Jordan Love? Is this Arizona's answer to drafting Jordan Love? I I don't don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Hey, but, but you know, again, I think it's just, it's a young quarterback that, you know, again, it's been easy for him to Bucky Brooks's point. It's been easy. You know, he's been able to walk on any field he wants and be special his whole life. 
So, yeah, he's had the thought. And then Big Ben, to your point, he was like this. Like, don't confuse me too much. I just want to run around the pocket raw, 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 and find somebody open. That's the way he played a little bit. That's cool. But I also think there's people out there that would go, yeah, hey, Big Ben, maybe he didn't take advantage of all his skills and ability and everything he could have had or offered, even though his career was great. So we'll see where it goes for Kyler Murray. But this is going to be a big deal. This is going to be a big conversation. And, you know, now he's, it's, it's like anytime he misses a blitz or doesn't see coverages, this is the things people are going to think of during the season. So it's opened up a can of worms here, but obviously real. That, that's the biggest thing I think we take away from this. Real, real to the point where it couldn't just be a conversation. It was like we got to put it in writing and give this guy a little bit of a kick in the butt to make him do this you know, a little bit more aggressively and consistently. You do raise the fascinating next-level Jedi mind trick possibility that the Cardinals did this deliberately, knowing it was going to become a thing, knowing it was going to make Murray look bad, and even if it makes them look bad, they can live with it because the conversation in the aftermath, the blowback lights a fire under Murray more than any words on paper ever would. Yeah. That, that to me, if it happens, and if they meant it to happen, is genius. By the way, there's... My internet son, PFT commenter, <laughs> Kyler, preparing for the Jets with the flight simulator. <laughs> Again, no video games while you're on your iPad. How are they the going to know games, that? Like, how are they going to know I, that? I, I, apparently, there has to be a way to track interaction with the iPad. I guess that, so. Like, it's not just a static. Like, if you're, if you're reading a book on your tablet and you're on the same page for 45 minutes and, the, the, and you don't flip to the next page, I assume there's some way to track the activity so they'll at least know that you're 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 engaged yeah yeah and you're using so. the device yeah. it's not just sitting there just running film over and over again um w- one more point before we move on yeah because i do want to give equal time here i have i have been in the aftermath of the washington post profile on shefty a couple of weeks ago that goes a long way toward exposing how the sausage is made for the people who try to stay five minutes ahead of the official announcements i need to give a little equal time here because i mentioned ian earlier he he really did go out of his way to keep his nose right in the 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 butt cheeks of eric burkhart the agent who agreed to this and here's the tweet that is just amazing to me kyler murray does four hours of game study on his own anyway and similar to the team wanting him around for the offseason as the face of the franchise arizona wanted a commitment in writing while going to a certain place money-wise therefore this clause and uh, that so look that is the most glass half full when the glass is all almost empty. That to me sounds like a situation it, you can have. Yeah, that that, that is skewed and warped. It and, sounds and like an agent that may maybe realize, oh no, this I shouldn't have had this in the contract, I in. and now yes. I, we, we got to spin this another way. That's what it sounds or, like. Or hey, you know what? It's possible, and and I'm throwing this out as a possibility. It's possible he didn't even notice it in the final contract. I mean, it's possible. It it's it's it wouldn't be the first time somebody didn't read because these contracts all look the same and there are key clauses you look for key numbers you make sure everything's there it's possible he didn't even I'm not saying he didn't I'm saying it's possible he didn't and this is all clean up on aisle five after the fact or even if he did and he just kind of shrugged at it because that was the least of his concerns well I don't care Kyler's already studying film four hours a week anyway that's four hours is nothing oh I'll deal with that later I just want to get this thing done and didn't think it through that this is really going to make his guy look bad. And, and frankly, and, and look, I'm sorry, I guess I won't be at the front of the line for any information about any of Eric Burkhardt's clients going forward. How will I ever survive in this business? But um, it's his fault because this is making his guy look bad. If the, the Cardinals possibly get out of jail free here or get out of free jail, as the case may be, by having a next-level plan to have this all get out and be the red-hot poker for Kyler Murray, Eric Burkhardt, Buddy, you got no defense to this yeah, one. They can't, you got he, no defense yeah, to this one. Yeah. You made your guy look bad. Well, yeah, I, I I will say that. I mean, if you're Kyler Murray, and again, you know, it got out. And, yeah, there, there's no, there's no like, definite that it's from the Cardinals' side. I mean, hey, there's people in, you know, the, the agency as well, as far as, you know, Eric Burkhart, who, who could have squealed or, or said something there as well. But, like, to me, I don't know, Mike. Like, yeah, I, if I'm Kyler Murray – uh, I, you, you can't be mad at Arizona for this. You can't be mad at them. You really can't. 
You know, unless you definitively know and can find out that they leaked this to the press or something like that, okay, then maybe you you can be mad. They, for, you know, they didn't. They didn't. It, what? Ha- well, here's here's what happened. Here's yeah. what happened. I believe. I believe based upon my knowledge of the sausage making process. Yeah. Contract got filed. Somebody else saw it. Somebody else wanted to stir up a little crap and send it to me. At the same time, I think that's when Burkhart realized, oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> Why did I even stop and pause I don't know and either. act like I wasn't going to say it? Right. And, and, and he fed it to Rappaport to try to put the positive spin on it. Mm. That's what I think happened. Yeah. I think, he real, I think he had the epiphany yesterday, this is not going to be good, and he tried to get ahead of it, and it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. But, yeah, I, I, does, I, you know, I do come back to the point of, like, if, you're, if I'm Kyler Murray, I, I'm not mad at Arizona for this. I'm not. You're, you're, you said it right. This is something that, yeah, you know, he should have caught, and, of course, his agent should have caught more than anybody well, to help him out and, and not have this part of it to, to where we're in this situation. And if he's upset with the perception, maybe that's the ultimate motivation to put in the four hours or 40 hours, as the case may be, of preparing for your next opponent. All right. Um, One guy paying attention or not to the contracts that are systematically surpassing his own from two years ago is Patrick Mahomes. He was asked recently in in the aftermath of the Kyler Murray deal and other deals that are as good or better or in some cases much better than Patrick Mahomes' contract. Mahomes was asked for his thoughts on other quarterbacks getting contracts that are better than his own. It's awesome for not not only the quarterback market, but for just the market of players in general. You want the salary cap to keep going up. You want players to keep getting more and more money. Um, and when I signed my deal, I knew I was going to be pretty set for life, uh, regardless of what the market kind of happens. Um, but uh, you just keep you just keep playing. I mean, money is one thing, but when you get those Super Bowl rings at the end of your career, I think that's going to be the thing that, uh, that you look back upon. And uh, I think I've made enough money uh, from the football field and then obviously off of it as well that it, it won't matter at the end of the day. I think, uh, especially at the quarterback position, kind of the next guy is the top paid guy. Any of these top tier quarterbacks, they make such a difference on, on NFL football teams that it's going to get passed up. And I mean, even if you look at Guys that signed last year to this year, they got passed up. And I'm sure when uh, Burrow, Herbert, and, and Russell and all these guys come around, they'll, they'll keep setting the bar even higher. Um, and so I always want to make sure that you always want to get paid. Like I said, take care of your family. But I want to have a great team around me as well. Um, and so whatever way that is, I'm going to make sure I, I have a great team for me around me the rest of my career. Look, that's his prerogative. That's his right. That's his choice. He signed through 2031, which keeps him from being – the next guy to surpass whoever's making the most at any given time. He's taking the leap of faith that the Chiefs at some point will recognize we got a problem here and we got to take care of this. This is getting embarrassing what Patrick Mahomes is making. He's still at $45 million a year and the market's at $75 million a year. And, and it could get there by the end of the decade the way the cap is going. I, I, and again, it's his choice. It's his prerogative. But Chris, what struck me after I had a chance to digest his comments You know, it worked for the Patriots to get Tom Brady to take less and use the attitude on everyone around him that they should take less, too. I don't think it's working for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill's not there because he wouldn't take less. Orlando Brown didn't sign last week or on the 15th when the deadline came and went for franchise tag players. He didn't take less. So they're really not getting the full advantage of the hammer that comes from having a quarterback who will willingly takes less so you can have a team that isn't just stars making market value but starters across the board who are getting good money and backups who are getting good money so you constantly have that good team around the quarterback so it worked for the patriots it isn't working yet for the chiefs yeah well i think there's two things that jump out to me one, hey, the Patriots, you know, for lack of a better way, had a bunch of like robots. You know, they didn't, they, you know, they, they had a certain type of guy on their football team that to me is just different than Kansas City. Kansas City's got a little bit more, hey, Andy Reid, they're into a little bit more renegades. We're into a guy that might make a mental mistake every now and then, but he makes seven freaky plays after that. And we, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So they're a little bit different as far as the type of guys that are and how they're wired in their organization. I think that that would be the first thing I would say. And then, hey, I, I mean, listen, I, it's a good conversation. Is it working? I'm going to be one to say it is working. It is. It's hard. They're really good. You know, they spent a ton of money last year. I mean, Joe Tooney's there. I mean, they're paying Chris Jones as one of the top D tackles in football. Travis Kelsey's top tight end in football. 
You know, they're, they've made big moves that way to where I do think it's helping their football team. But, yeah, the Orlando Brown thing, I think that one especially is the one you look at to go, wait, the, the, this guy protects Mahomes, and this is why he did take a little less money to make sure that you know, he can have guys like this protecting him and they can be dangerous that way. So I do think it's working. I just don't think it's that easy all the time, especially when they go for really big-time blue-chip players. They do. That's where they're a little bit different than New England that way, too. They're not afraid to go out and say, oh, wait, we saw a guy on another team. He's really good. We're going to bring him here and make him the man. Or you know, take, a, take, a, take advantage of a guy coming out in the draft who might not be perfect as far as off-the-field stuff, but they take him and they make him the man, and, yeah, then they want to be paid. So they have to deal with that personality a little bit more than New England, too. But but that's that's the problem. I know it's working it to the extent that they're still good, but it's not working to the extent that Tyreek Hill doesn't take their best offer and wants out, and Orlando Brown doesn't take their best offer before the deadline for signing franchise tag players to multi-year deals and could be out after next season because if you're willing to go year to year for two years, you make your way to the open market and you're gone. And what they gave up to get him in the trade with the Ravens is just gone. So they didn't bargain for that. They expected yeah. when they traded him, and this was. Mentioned last week by Jeff Chadia of NFL Network, the idea that the Chiefs were frustrated a deal wasn't done and they thought they were getting a different guy. They thought they were getting a guy, basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, they thought they were getting a guy who was going to do a deal that wasn't, from his perspective, trying to break the bank yeah. and get to the top of the market. The kind of deals that Patrick Mahomes is talking about. He See, the, the, it's, it's a tough it deal is. for Patrick Mahomes yep. to thread because... When you start saying, hey, you know what? It works for me to make so much money. You know, half a billion over 12 years. I'm set for life. And I understand other guys are going to try to get more and more and more. And that's okay for them. Well, guys in your locker room are going to hear that. So it's okay for us too. Patrick, you're making your half billion and you got all these other deals and you don't want it. You're not pushing for it. You just want Super Bowl rings. That's fine. Well, the rest of us want to get paid market value. And you're, you're not, you know, and it's a subtle thing. It's a very subtle thing, but when, when Patrick Mahomes is basically giving everyone in the locker room the nod to go get as much money as they can, it's kind of hard to make the, the Stepford Patriots thing work in Kansas City. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I think there's a lot of things that play into that. Let's not forget, it's still a really good team and a really good roster. You know, so yeah, but but I think yeah, yeah, Orlando Brown's the one that is a little bit eye popping. Hey, Tyree Kill again. I know, yes, you know, Ty, you know, Mahomes took less money and all that, but I I don't look at that as being like they offered him big time money. They just weren't willing to go to like oh my gosh money at his age. And I think you know, again, I think that's good business. It's not, and then they spent the money elsewhere, and they got some receivers in there. And we're going to see. I, I'm not wrong. I don't think anything wrong with that decision. And I think there was money there to pay him and make him pretty happy. So you know, again, I think that was there. There's other factors that play into that. And then with the Orlando Brown one, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I saw and I've heard the same thing you said. I mean, I, I don't think they thought Orlando Brown, who as of right now and what you hear is looking to be, yeah. Like, like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, the highest paid left tackle ever. I mean, that to me is probably what they did not expect. Uh, and I understand that. And he's, you know, really good. But I don't think he's, like, been that good to the point to where you just go, oh, I want to be uh, blow the market out. And, and Trent Williams, the hell with his contract. I want to make significantly more than him. That probably surprises the Chiefs, yes. Right, but, but let's keep this in mind. Yeah. A guy that becomes the highest paid left tackle in league history isn't necessarily the best left tackle in league no, history I know. or the best left tackle in the game. I know. He's just a guy who was in the right place at the right time to take advantage of the confluence of circumstances no doubt. No doubt. and leverage himself into that. Usually it happens on the first day of free agency, and it will happen for Orlando Brown the first day of free agency 2024 unless the Chiefs take care of him next year or unless he just completely falls off the face of the earth. Because the cap, this is the thing that we all need to keep in mind, and the players especially, the cap is going to keep shooting up. The cap is going to keep going up. And that's the reality here as we consider Orlando Brown and uh, his expectation. Yeah. 
and and that, you know, that's why Kyler Murray, you know, at 46-1, the cap's going to keep going up. You're signing for seven years. Your deal's going to be obsolete. I think this is a factor for all these guys. Where's the cap now and where's the cap going? And where the cap going is going needs to get discussed more when we talk about what guys are getting paid now because it's a huge factor in what they're getting paid now where the cap is going to be next year, the year after, and the year after that, because I think it's going to keep shooting up and up and up, Chris. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you there either, Mike. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a money train right now. The NFL's killing it. And the way last year went with the ratings and everything there, and, yeah, the gambling and all that, it seems like it's all going up, up, and up. And I, I'm one that sit here, and I just still think this will get done, you know, somehow, some way. Uh, I just think that maybe – Not this year. This, it can't. You know, it can't now. It You're can't. Right. It's You're over. Right. So it's can't over. Until after the season. So I, here's I how it even goes then. going forward. Let, I, yeah. Here's how. Yeah. But let, let me let me let me game this out, because Brown's not going to show up for tra- training camp. Yeah. He doesn't have to. He's not under contract. He's no more an employee of the Chiefs right now, Chris, than you or me. Yeah. That's so scary. He's got sixteen point six six million in salary that becomes guaranteed the moment he accepts the franchise tag. If he shows up and there's a day like right before the first game of the season, like three, four days before, if he shows up by the deadline to be on the week one roster, he gets the full 16.66 million with no fines, no penalty, no forfeiture. If he doesn't show up for any yeah. of training camp or the preseason. So he's st- and guys have done that in the past show up as late as possible. Walter Jones did that with the Seahawks three straight years. Three straight tags, showed up late as possible, got his money, and did it all over again. Here's the risk. The risk is that if you don't show up, and let's say that Orlando Brown decides to hold out into the season, they always can if they want to rescind the tender. And then you're screwed. Now, maybe Orlando Brown finds another gig at $16.66 million for this year. This late in the game, maybe if he becomes available in August or September, somebody rushes to him and offers him huge money. I only mention the possibility of rescinding the tag because three tags have been rescinded in the history of the franchise tag, and two of them were rescinded by Andy Reid. That's the only reason I mention it. He did it to Jeremiah Trotter in 2002. He did it to Corey Simon in 2005. Two out of the three times it's ever been done, it was done by Andy Reid. So he got sufficiently exasperated with both of those guys to remove the tag. And I'm not saying they're going to do it with Orlando Brown because they gave up a first-round pick to get him from the Ravens. But but that's, that's the only downside to the guy who says, I'm just not going to show up and I'm going to get my full franchise tag salary if I show up a few days before the first game of the season. Yeah, there, there's a few things. I mean, again, hey, they gave them their chance to play left tackle. They gave away a lot of assets to get them. So they probably feel like, hey, man, we're the ones that came and saved you. You know, damn, you're really going to hold our feet over the fire like this. I understand Orlando Brown, too, to your point. Salary cap's going up. He's really damn good. He is in the conversation for one of the best tackles in football. I guess where, you know, to your point, too, what scares me a little with that, or at least is um, Andy Reid's, like like we talk about with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the wide receiver and their ability to evaluate and always draft guys that are you know a little off the radar or not the main focus and we go oh what damn they got they they hit you know they hit gold with that guy I I do look like at Andy Reid like that as far as offensive linemen are concerned he's kind of got that eye to where he can get a guy in the fifth or sixth round and and you know see something about him that he goes oh if I can get him here and coach him I can make him look like a first or second rounder you know to your point there I mean I don't see it happening. I don't. But Andy Reid, I would think, is not going to sweat or stay up late at night uh, because he's, a, he's an expert in the offensive line. He really is. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals in 2017 could have taken Patrick Mahomes. They were the last team who didn't take Patrick Mahomes. Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, regrets that for a variety of reasons. One specifically that we'll get to when PFT Live continues right after this.